What's up, all the honorary oozes out there? Welcome back to another SmackDown Roundup. I'm your host, Ryan Satin, and we are here to discuss another episode of The Blue Brand, The A-Show. Yes, I said it, The A-Show. I work for Fox Sports. Of course, I'm going to say it's The A-Show. What's up? Hope you guys have all had a fantastic week. We got one more episode of SmackDown next week before Clash at the Castle. And unfortunately, I hate to do this at such a pivotal time, but next week is my sister's wedding. It's my little sister. I'm in the wedding. I'm very excited for it. So I'm not going to be doing a SmackDown Roundup episode next week. I apologize. I will, however, do my best to get a predictions recap, excuse me, a predictions podcast together for all of you, so I at least leave you with something to listen to. Apologies. My bad. I hope you understand, though. Let's get to this week's SmackDown, though. That's what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about SmackDown, August 26th edition, which begins with Ricochet versus Happy Corbin. Right off the bat, we're starting with a wrestling match, and I like it. We're not doing long drawn out talking segment we're not doing the usual roman reigns entrance of past this is what we're doing we're starting off with a pro wrestling match super into it and i I, don't get me wrong i got nothing against starting off with a long promo either i'm a story guy i very much enjoy those things as well but i also enjoy a good wrestling match and that's what we got here between ricochet and happy corbin and There's a pre-recorded video shown during Corbin's entrance where he says Ricochet won't beat him twice, and it's always one step forward for Ricochet, two steps back. And, you know, just right off the bat, what I liked about this match is seeing this new side of Corbin in the ring. I don't don't want to say new side. I guess it's a different, it's a weird way, it's a bad way of wording it, but I'm enjoying seeing... um, Almost, it's it's because he's busting out kind of like new, innovative and offense that that you didn't really see him doing before, and it just kind of feels like he's being allowed some new freedom in the ring, and it, and it's showing, and I like it. I I think Corbin is one of the most underrated talents out there. I think because he's such a good bad guy that people, uh, and he's he's so good at doing what is asked of him from his bosses, you know, doing what his what his bosses want him to be doing, and making people hate him in the ring that. Sometimes his skill gets overlooked, but like in these matches, you can see that the guy is awesome <laughs> in the ring. He's busting out these moves that that Cole and McAfee don't even know how to call on commentary. Um, and I just I'm really impressed uh, in seeing him do this. I think it's really cool to see him showing some of the people who doubt his skill that they are wrong. <laughs> Uh, Ricochet kicks out of a gnarly-looking end of days, and then Corbin rolls away from a 450. He does that move I was just talking about where it was like a back-body drop setup, but then he spun him out of it so that he landed on the ground uh, face-first. Looked really cool. Uh, Eventually, Ricochet goes for the shooting star press, and he hits it for the win. McAfee mocks. McAfee McAfee mocks Corbin on commentary afterwards drawing all over his face messes up in that you can hear Cole laughing 
Um, you know, one of the things I've noticed, and I think it's evident here, is everyone seems to be having more fun. Uh, it feels like there's a looser environment. People seem to be happier. People are, um, I don't know, there's just like a different energy about the show just right off the bat. They're, it's looser on commentary. They're saying things that feel more natural. You know, later in the show, at one point, Michael Cole even makes fun of the ad read and he's like, well, I didn't write this, but here's what it says. Um, there's just a different energy, a, a happier energy uh, these last few weeks. And it's it's cool to see him take a sip of this water here. You know, I'm so used to... <coughs> I'm so used to do... Excuse me. I'm so used to doing the the podcast with a, a WWE superstar. Where <laughs> if I'm talking a lot, uh, I have a minute, a free minute to take a sip of water or my old podcast where, um, you know, there was three other friends of mine doing the show with me and they could chime in and I could take a sip of a, a drink. Uh, when you're doing a podcast like this and it's just you, I feel so much pressure when I take just like a one second break to sip water because there's just dead air. Oh, there's nothing that makes me more concerned for my listener than dead air. Uh, so I apologize for that, but I really needed that. I was about to start coughing even more. So I'm glad I, I'm glad I got that sip of water. Uh, all right. Next, we had Street Profits running into Hit Row backstage. They all agree they want the smoke together. And they walk off in harmony. Cole stops McAfee from joining them. I, I was laughing so hard at at uh, Colby like, no, 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 you can't go with them during the show. And you could hear, like, you could almost see the, like, little kid dad dynamic there of Pat McAfee going, oh, but dad, dad, I want to go there. You could hear him almost, like, start to do it and then realize that he had no rebuttal to that. And it, it cracked me up. It was, uh, I love their relationship on, on camera. Um, they have such a fun, like, father-son relationship. <laughs> Uh, it's very entertaining to watch. Uh, Drew McIntyre video package uh, began here. This was like a WrestleMania level video package um, using footage from some of the stuff he shot um, when the pandemic was starting for his Brock Lesnar you know, build up to when he was going to wrestle Brock in the match that ended up not happening in front of anybody. Um, but man, this was so good. Uh, and they show him as a kid in Scotland and, you know, he's talking about how he truly believed in his dream of becoming a WWE superstar. They're showing footage of him winning titles in, in Scotland and the UK and FCW and, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, covering his start on the main roster and, and Drew saying that when things got bad for him in WWE, instead of doing what needed to be done to get past it. He buried his head down in anger and eventually got fired. He does admit, though, it was the best thing to happen to him and that he vowed to return a man when he came back. To be continued later in the show, we'll pick back up on it as we get to the last part. But I really, really enjoyed this. I mean, the old footage they showed, um, you know, him as a kid showing his passion, how he's talking about how it was an actual impossible dream and that no one from Scotland had ever been signed by WWE. And, you know, he but he believed in himself and achieved a, an impossible dream. I mean, like, dude, 
that stuff gets you hyped, you know, like as a, as a human being, you can't not feel happy when you see something like that. And you see someone who is actually accomplishing their goals, like just <laughs> such a smaller scale today for fun. I was like trying so hard to find uh, my old wrestling takes that I, that I wrote on, a, on this old message board that I used to be part of. And I finally found like posts of mine today from 2006. And I was reading them thinking like, man, this kid was just writing about wrestling and talking about wrestling and clearly passionate about wrestling at such a young age. And, and man, like now, like he gets, like he gets paid to do that. And, and, and you guys all come here and listen to him and hear all his thoughts about it. And I was just like, man, I actually am living out my dream, you know, like that's, that's crazy. Like I'm actually doing something that was just a true hot, like past p- passion project for me. Like not even a project, just a, just a passion of mine. And now I get to do it for a living, talking with all of you, interviewing these people, going backstage and doing post-match interviews. And I'm just like, man, what a world. Like that's so cool. And so that was me today, and so then I see Drew McIntyre in this video package, and I'm just like, God, that's such a huge scale of what I'm talking about, man. This kid was taking pictures with Yokozuna, and he's just, you know, wearing the shirts, and he just is watching the matches, and he's just like, I want to be part of that. I want to do something in that, and he did. Look where it's look where it's got him. That's awesome. It makes me like so excited when I see something like that. It pumps me up. So I really enjoyed this video package. We'll get to the next part later. But after that, we had Karrion Cross uh, in a black and white, and, and Scarlet <clears throat> in a black and white, uh, you know, filter over their promo. And Cross commends the video package on Drew, says, maybe it is your time in Cardiff, maybe not. Uh, Karrion then says, all he has to do is hit an arm to the back of Drew's head, though, and all of this will mean nothing. Um, nothing too um, cutting edge here, except for the black and white filter. Uh, but but still, I mean, I, I think that it's smart to have this boiling under the surface. Um, next week, we're going to get carrying Cross in the ring in a match. Um, and I think that, yeah, I, I, I like that there's just this thing that's bubbling under the surface. And, and Drew knows it's there. And Drew knows that, that it's next. That he has it waiting in the wings, and that even if he wins the title in Cardiff, there's a good chance that Karrion Cross is going to be there and have something to say about it right after. So, um, you know, even though it's a, it was a nothing too, um, you know, nothing too, uh, you know, huge happening here. Uh, I like that every single segment that these shows have had, <clears throat> every single segment under Triple H so far has all had meaning. There's not a lot of meaningless stuff happening just for gigs. There's not a lot of stuff happening just for gigs. It's all meaningful things that are happening to build towards something. That's what I'm enjoying watching all of these uh, episodes in the Triple H era. Next, we had Shotzi, Xyli versus Natalia and Sonya Deville versus Dana Brooke and Tamina versus Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. A last chance Fatal four-way for the vacant spot in the women's tag team title tournament. Uh, it ends with Dana hitting a superplex onto the outside on top of everybody. Nikki, who's the one taking the move, 
just takes a brutal landing where she seemed to miss everyone and land awkwardly on her knee. And so Sonya immediately tosses her back into the ring for a pinfall victory. Sonya and Natalia get the vacant spot later in the show. After that, Shayna Baszler got a video package just highlighting how tough she is, uh, her history of being NXT Women's Champion, and man, you know, as as much as, I hate it. I one thing I've hated on WWE TV for a long time, is, and I, I know I'm not alone in this. I know I'm not alone in this. And you're talking to someone who's very positive about WWE TV. But I feel like most of you will probably feel me on this one. Even those of you who are just as positive <laughs> as me. Um, I think you'll agree that the recaps of what you saw 10 minutes ago are so unnecessary. Like, it literally just feels like filler. You're just like, I I saw this. I just was, I was watching this. Do you need to, re- like, do, do you need to recap something I just saw? Why not fill this time with something more meaningful that helps someone else, you know? Uh, and, and that's what this was like, you know? I mean, Shayna Baszler didn't have a huge presence on this show or anything, but there was a video package that enhanced her character, you know? And, and a video package that enhances someone's character or advances a story is so much more valuable than a recap of what I saw 10 minutes ago. So I'm into this. Next, we had Sheamus out with Butch and Ridge Holland. Uh, Butch and Ridge are looking a little more like British strong style with the way they're dressed. Gunther and Ludwig come out next to confront them. And God, I loved this segment so much. All of it. I loved it so much. I'm so hyped for this match. I think they're going to have the most banger of bangers. I've already said that I think there's a good chance they steal the show. And when you watch a segment like this, You'll understand why I think that. You know, you have Seamus, and uh, he goes, uh, he says, you know, you call yourself a ring general to to Gunther, but he says, but you're looking at a real ring general right here. He then lists all the huge names he's beaten, such as Drew McIntyre, Cena, Roman Reigns, Triple H, and then says, and nobody in this, and then says, and nobody in this business has had banger after banger after banger after banger after banger like him. No lies being told there. The man has been busting out bangers for the past decade. <laughs> he's a, he's he's killing it. Uh, you know, Seth Rollins is another one of those guys. Banger after banger after banger. Um, but but Sheamus telling no lies here uh and then Seamus says that he sees a lot of himself in Gunther and that it's been years since he's seen that in anyone quote just like me you love to go to war in this ring but you have something I want and that's the Intercontinental Championship and I'll make you a promise at Clash of the Castle I would drag that title off your lifeless body and into the belly of the Red Dragon okay this was tight <laughs> First of all, making the Intercontinental Championship feel important. Always good. Second off, what a line. Very cool. Sounded awesome. Um, I know that there's a Red Dragon team out there, so people are going to be like, oh, it's already you. But it sounded cool. Calling himself the Red Dragon. I like it. Uh, I like how it sounds. 
And I'll drag, I'll drag that title off your lifeless body and into the belly of the red dragon. I'm into that. Gunther says uh, that Seamus is someone to be respected, but they're nothing alike. And in Cardiff, he's going to break his body and spirit. Butch finally has had enough and hops on Ludwig like a spider monkey. They fight uh, Ridge and Butch, both fighting Ludwig. Uh, Seamus and Gunther don't move, don't break eye contact. They just stand there not doing anything but staring each other down. And that, oh, that was badass. Both of them came across as so badass. And I like, to how it ended with, you know, Butch and Ludwig kind of coming back at their sides, and they still don't really, you know, stop staring at each other. Or they just grab both of the their their sidekicks and kind of calm them down as they as the segment comes to an end. And Seamus is just giving this just like super tough guy look to Gunther. Gunther giving it right back, and ooh, this is gonna be sweet. Ooh, this is gonna be sweet. <sighs> like legitimately, like I can't believe I'm not seeing this match live because I'm gonna be at my sister's wedding. <laughs> I guarantee oh, if there is service in that area of the forest or wherever the hell we are, uh, just know I'm going to be watching on my phone and hoping that nobody is looking at the at me paying attention at me watching on my phone because all oh, those chops are going to light that whole stadium up. It's going to be awesome. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so mad I'm missing that. I'm mad I'm missing the whole event. It looks like it's going to be awesome. Um, I mean, I'm going to watch it right after, but. I'm mad I'm not going to see all that live because those two are going to tear the house down. Okay, let's go to a quick commercial break and then we'll come back with the rest of my thoughts on this week's episode of SmackDown. Sonia and Natalia after the break talking about their win backstage in an interview. But the the thing that showed, uh, the thing that was most talked about in this part was the fact that Nikki, A.S.H., and Dewdrop are seen in the background arguing, clearly arguing about their loss. It kind of feels like ever since Triple H took over creative that Nikki, A.S.H., and Dewdrop, um, I don't know if they're going to, it feels like Nikki, A.S.H. is going to go under undergo a change of some sort. It feels like the end of this superhero character. Um, and to me, seeing that there's, you know, cracks, in, in, in the relationship between her and Dewdrop already and the arguing. I'm wondering if they're going to go further into that or if they just want you to be looking at the background. They want you to see that Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop are mad about losing. And they want you to see that it, it bothers the wrestler, the superstar, and they're backstage, you know, hashing it out with, the, with their teammate uh, who wasn't there to stop the pin. I like it. I'm into it wherever it's going. Uh, speaking of things I like... Speaking of things I'm into, Sammy Zayn knocks on the Bloodline locker room door. The Usos bring up that he lost his match for a shot at the Intercontinental title, and Jay tries to get him to leave, but Roman asks who's at the door and sees it's Sammy, so he invites him to come inside the locker room. Uh, Roman tells him he can grab a seat. Sammy looks very happy about this. Uh, He asks Roman how everything is going. Roman says... Great. Sammy says, well, to be honest, because Roman asked back, you know, how he's doing. uh, And Sammy says, well, to be honest, his jaw is a little bit sore from last week when he stepped in the way, uh, allowing uh, Drew McIntyre to hit him with the Claymore so that Roman wouldn't get hit by the Claymore. 
And Roman then brings up, the, yeah, you did lose your match last week. Uh, sometimes bad things happen, though, so we can redeem ourselves. Roman says that he appreciates what Sammy did for him last week and that that's something that family would do. Oh, the look that came over Sammy's face when he said that. Uh, when the tribal chief is acknowledging you, it's a good day. And that's what happened for Sami Zayn on SmackDown this week. I, 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 as a Sami Zayn fan, you couldn't help but be excited for the guy that he finally got that acknowledgement from the number one Oose. Honorary Oose must have been honored. Uh, Sammy says that Roman can count on him for anything, and Roman asks him to distract Drew McIntyre tonight. Sammy says he says he will, and while making a joke of things, uh, which it's great, he's like, yeah, you know, I, I put out the, the red carpet, and I'm, I'm dancing, and he's doing this dance thing about how he's dancing around people as the master strategist. And you can see Jay, who's supposed to be the one who doesn't like Sammy, just totally corpsing in the background. He's like got a big smile that he's trying to cover. Uh, it was so good. I don't know how you wouldn't laugh at Sammy Zayn doing that. Uh, him and Roman are gold together right now. Uh, I'm loving it so much. So much. Uh, I almost, well, I'll get to my prediction at the end on, on what I think is going to happen here. Uh, Aaliyah and Raquel Rodriguez. Then faced off against Natalia and Sonya Deville, who won a spot in this match earlier in the show in that last chance four-way. Dominant performance in this match from Raquel, who was busting out all sorts of offense on both of her opponents. Raquel ultimately hits the Tahana Bomb to advance to the finals against Eosky and Dakota Kai next week on Raw. Really looking forward to seeing how that one and this actually, I gotta say, you gotta give props to WWE. This has been a, this has been a good tournament. You know, I think that I, I, I might have been someone. I don't know if most people thought this, but when they first announced there was gonna be a tournament for the tag team titles, and then like there was no talk of it after that, I almost felt like they were just never gonna do what they had said they were gonna do. But you know, gotta give props to the fact that they did. They have the tournament now. And it's been pretty good. Like, there's been good action in it. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the finals. Um, I really do think. I'm, I mean, It would be crazy if Eosky and Dakota Kai don't win the titles. <laughs> I feel like they, they have to be at this point. Um, but do you think we'll see Sasha Banks and Naomi at the conclusion of the tournament? Do you think we'll see them at Clash? When do you think? Do you th- I, I mean, I don't even know if they're coming back. I don't, like, have that. I don't have any good authority or anything, but it just feels like there's a better possibility of that happening with Triple H in charge. And I'm wondering, do we see them on Raw, Clash, down the line? What do you guys think? Tell me, because I'm trying to come up with a good prediction for the podcast that I do next week. (laughs) I want to see what you guys think. Maximum male models are attempting to take part in a photo shoot backstage after that, but it's interrupted by Hit Row's music blaring from a bus. They're not happy about this. Maxine says she's got an idea to handle this. And after the break, she comes back with Los Lotharios, who have spray paint. We'll get back to that. New Day in the ring with Woods. Uh, Woods in a wheelchair, looking like Kevin Nash, because he's got that NWO black and red shirt on, and it's clear that he's setting up for a fake injury, Kevin Nash style as well. But before that happens, Woods is very serious in the ring. He says this is difficult for him to say, but in reality, 
they underestimated the Viking Raiders. So we have to face, uh, excuse me. So then Woods says, uh, we have to face a harsh reality. We saw the Viking funeral. We saw them burning boxes of bootios. We saw them burning New Day shirts. We saw them burning unicorn horns. We saw them burning our legacy. But maybe New Day is just that. Done. Kofi continues like they're going to disband or something. But Viking Raiders interrupt saying, this is pathetic. We gave you a proper send-off. And instead of leaving with honor, you're out here sniveling. Wood says, you can't just, like, give us a few minutes to say what we have to say. And Eric says, stop. Vikings hate weakness, and it makes them sick to see them in the ring groveling like a wounded animal. Uh, Ivar claims they're going to put New Day down like a wounded animal, but Kofi begs them to stop since Woods is in a wheelchair. But, of course, Woods does what I said. He pulls out, he busts out the Kevin Nash-like move where he pulls off the blanket and he's got kendo sticks taped to his leg. He tosses one to Kofi. And they go to town on the Viking Raiders. Next week, there's going to be a match between them. And I I follow someone who was in the arena tonight. Since they're traveling to Cardiff. Some of this had to be, pre, you know, the match, the show had to be pre-taped. Uh, so, I'm not going to spoil anything. But I will say that my uh, someone I follow who was there was so hyped on the match they have said match of the year contender and uh he would not throw that out lightly so i want to see that i'm excited to see next week's smackdown when they face off against each other next we see maximum male models did tag up the bus that was blaring hit row but hit row show up and make fun of them for doing that because it's not even their bus come on Maximum male models, you think that they already got bus money? They've only been back for a week. No, it's the street profits. They got bus money. They're walking out looking pissed when we cut away. We'll pick up on that one next week. Sammy Zayn and the Usos again backstage. And Jay reminds him that uh, that he lost again. <laughs> and, and Sammy, I died. Sammy's like, why would you do that? Why would you come at me with like that negative energy? That's why I complained to Roman Reigns about you last week. This obviously sets Jay off. And he's just like, yeah, you did. Don't do that again. Don't make me look bad to my family. Um, really enjoying the tension between Sammy Zayn and Jay Uso. <laughs> I tell even on Twitter, he he wished Jimmy Uso a happy birthday first. And then was like, oh, yeah, but also my main man, Jay Uso. <laughs> That was so good. That was so good. I'm I'm loving everything involving Sami Zayn and the bloodline. The Drew McIntyre video package continued after that. Covers his return after getting released. His defeat of Brock Lesnar. And then now his sights being set on Roman Reigns saying, Now my journey brings me to Roman Reigns. This is going back to where it all began. Going back to home. The journey that led to this moment in front of 70,000 Brits, in front of the entire world. My destiny will finally be fulfilled. Roman, you're coming to my island, and I'm going to kick your head off your effing body. Whew! Whew! The heat! The heat! Even if Drew isn't winning in Cardiff, they've done such a fantastic job of making you think he has a chance which is the point of all of this. Props to Triple H. I'm hyped for this match. 
I genuinely don't know, dude. I don't know. I questioned it last week, and I I said that I think it's going to be that I think that Drew there's a, a case could be made for Drew, and I I kind of think that's where it's going now. I just really do. The more the the time passes, the more it starts to feel like it's going to be Drew's moment again. I think that's what's going to happen, and I'm going to be at my sister's wedding. Don't tell her I'm complaining about it because I'm excited. I really am. <laughs> Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Sami Zayn close the show. Sami gets his ass kicked for most of the match as he flops around, selling all over the place. Usos eventually hit ringside, allowing Sami to hit the blue thunderbomb, but Drew McIntyre kicks out. Moments later, Drew hits the Claymore for the win, and Roman sprints into the ring, attacks Drew from behind. Drew reverses things on Roman, though, which brings the Usos into the ring for an attack. Uh, Reigns then takes advantage of the distraction and hits the spear, which allows the Usos to go to town with chairs. They toss him outside the ring. They toss him into the LED screens ringside, and they hold him up outside the ring so Sammy can do the you know running haluva kick, uh, which looked pretty cool uh, in the corner out there. Uh, then they use the steel steps to beat him down, toss him back into the ring, and the bloodline and Sami Zayn stand tall over Drew McIntyre as the show ends. I say the bloodline and Sami Zayn, but I think I can confidently just say now at this point, the bloodline. The bloodline stands tall over Drew McIntyre as the show ends. <laughs> I gotta say, this all seeming to work out for Sami Zayn and his plan to become part of the bloodline, um, you know, being a success is hilarious. It's so good. It's not what you thought was going to happen. You thought that when Roman Reigns finally speaks to Sammy, it was going to be speaking down to him, not getting along with him, all that kind of stuff. But instead, the Tribal Chief kind of likes the Master Strategist. <laughs> and I love that. I love it so much. Now, my prediction that I was talking about, I said this online. because Someone said to me, Someone said to me, I think, you know, or they said when when Roman turns on, you know, when the bloodline turns on Sammy, it's going to be great. And that kind of seems to be the running theory, right? That when Roman Reigns turns on Sammy, it's going to be amazing. But I've been kind of thinking about it in a different way. I've been wondering, like, okay, if you're trying to maximize how this is going to happen, what are they, what are we doing here? How does this end? Because I don't think Sammy's taking the title off of Roman, so what are we doing here? What are we doing? Where does what's the, what's the, what's the end game, right? And I've realized that in the past, you know, two weeks or whatever, it didn't happen as much on SmackDown this week, but it was last week. It seemed like the pieces were being put in place for KO versus Roman Reigns again in the near future. And my prediction is is that Sammy does become friendly with Roman like we've seen and it continues and when that feud picks up again I think that Sammy is going to be stuck in the middle between Roman Reigns and his former best friend Kevin Owens and Roman is going to try after berating because I, I think the friendliness is going to pass and he's going to be part of the bloodline Sammy but there's going to be a lot of berating happening where Roman Reigns constantly belittles Sami Zayn. So that when we get to the point where he is in the middle of Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens, there's a moment where Roman Reigns forces Sami Zayn to choose. He's holding Kevin Owens in the corner, telling him to 
hit the Haluba kick on Kevin Owens for him to really prove that he's part of the family. And when Ke- and when when Sami Zayn goes to do it, he instead hits the Haluba kick on Roman Reigns, and the place goes nuts. Sami Zayn finally turns face again, and he helps Kevin Owens in his fight against the Bloodline. They can even be the ones who take the tag titles away from the Usos, play into the issues between Jay Uso and Sami Zayn. That's what I think is going to happen. Okay, but that's like months away. We're not there yet. We got Clash at the Castle next weekend. So like I said, I'm going to be doing a predictions podcast for that next week. It'll drop sometime at the end of the week while I'm traveling. Also, next week, Monday, we got the out of character with... We haven't announced that yet. Don't want to... Oh, no, we did. We did, because it was on social media. Next week, we've got Finn Balor on Out of Character. So Monday, you'll get Finn Balor on Out of Character. Monday night, you'll get a raw roundup. And at the end of the week, you'll get my predictions podcast. Whew! That was a lot of talking for 30 minutes. I hope I <laughs> hope I didn't uh, speak over myself too much. Now, I'm going to get a sip of this water, because I didn't want to give you any dead air. I hope you appreciate the fact that I waited another 20 minutes before taking one more swig of water. (laughs) All right, guys, I will see you next week. Um, But until then, I hope you have a fantastic weekend.